Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Super Jcast. I'm Joel, joined by Degmund McDonald. Damon, how is everything? Are you excited? We've got G1 around the corner. G1 is right around the corner. It's unbelievable that we're saying that. It's, uh, it's always a good time. Uh, again, usually we would be well past the G1 season, but well, some things are things are strange. Wrestling is strange, and uh, it is G1 season, so that's. Uh, that is something that we all can look forward to. Uh, countless days, the grind, if you will, of G one. Talk to talk to me around day five, day six to see if I'm so excited. Though, all right, <laughs> Wait, my, my mood might change. Well, we will definitely be dissecting the G one today, given our thoughts on all the entrants and what we think is likely to happen towards the end of the tournament. But Damon, where else could we start this week than by talking about the the thing that has brought the pro wrestling world to its very knees. And I'm talking, of course, about the Suzuki incident. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> the Suzuki incident. <laughs> I did get right to asking for a, a, a jingle for that. So I yeah, we didn't get you in the time. Okay, I understand. <laughs> Uh, so we have so many questions about this. The mailbox is uh, exploding. Jason says, can we make whoever cut off Kazi Nina Ray, uh and make them watch every evil singles match? Or is that too barbaric? Ashutosh says, what punishment is suitable for the Tony Khan for the Suzuki incident? That is my question. Multiverse says, has there been a more obvious Wrestling Observer Newsletter, most disgusting promotional tactic winner than the Suzuki incident. Uh, we can't... Oh, so this is the Suzuki incident two. We can't forget the fallout of the Suzuki incident one, where the G1 Supercar TV feed played an air supply-like instrumental instead. Yeah. The ROH relationship hasn't recovered. Commander Eraser, could the Suzuki incident be used to jumpstart a Moxley Hill turn? Jonathan said, should AEW send a handwritten letter to every Twitter account that was hurt by the Suzuki incident? Should Tony Khan face Suzuki in an I quit match? And Rob says, do you think... Uh, well, unrelated question. Do you think that this US tour is the start of the Suzuki retirement tour? That is my question. I mean, he's, he'll definitely be thinking of hanging up his boots after the way he was disrespected uh, mm. in midweek. Am I right? How could he go on, right? How could he? How could he? Uh, how could he continue on after that? Uh, just, just uh, not slapping the face. He spit in the face of him uh, and his the promotion that he represents. Ah, wow. Well, look, I like. I, here's what I do like. I like how. Uh, the community, as the kids would say, uh, banded together to find uh, one tweet and one person and just lay the boots. Oh, God. I mean, we're supposed to be in a time where we're supposed to be uh, compassionate 
and and uh, uh, caring toward our fellow man. But whoo, man, when somebody fucking somebody slips and falls, <laughs> I mean, nothing falls into there. It's just a like fucking dog pile. Oh my god! It just oh boy, oh boy, uh, poor, poor, poor Esteban. Uh, well, yeah, look, I mean. Well, I, I, I had before I went to sleep last night. Um, uh, I, I was talking with our, our good pal out there in Tokyo, Fraser, and um, he, uh, we were going back and forth a little bit, and we were actually talking about this. Um, and then it is amazing how it just, like, it just caught fire. <laughs> It just took off like crazy, and some of the stuff was was legitimately funny, like funny as fuck funny. Um, so, but uh, I felt bad. I, I did feel bad. I just I just worried about you know people's you know. I, I just hope they're able to take it in stride and you know not. He was. So, yeah. He took it in good humor. Yeah, yeah. That's what I saw. That's what I saw. Um, he had mentioned that to me, so um, good, good, and I, I was happy to to see that. And, and he said, "I didn't want to reach out and be like, hey, you, you all right?'" Um, so that was good. So that that is good that 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 was the case. Two, uh, nobody's really that upset about fucking theme music, right? I mean, t- tell me that's this is all just a, one just big fucking rip, right? Nobody's that upset, right? Yeah, I could not give less of a shit. And yeah. to AEW's credit, they seem to be spinning it out into an angle, which is what all good wrestling promoters should do. Yeah, I mean, it is. I mean, if you think about it in hindsight, it is a pretty decent angle if you think about it, right? Just, a, you know, it's not something over the top. It's not something, um, you know, your traditional pro wrestling, I'm going to start a a a beef Cut the music. Something simple. Something something that like New Japan fans would you know they enjoy. It's it's a part of the show. It's it's something that they can get into. That that kind of lifted away from them. Does is is a little bit of of a creative angle if you if you really want to get into it. Um, uh, and a disrespect to to Suzuki. So again, Joe, I can't tell you how many fucking times. I mean, it was always. Kind of a rib, even when I was doing it. I mean, on a incredibly smaller scale, mind you. But that was like the big joke. Is like you know, your music was your music, you know, and you came out to your music, and you looked. You know, I don't know if you looked forward to coming out to your music, but it was part of you. And uh, you know, you would switch it on people. You know, you'd have them come out to fucking, you know. You know, this real tough guy come out to like Celine Dion or something like that, and then of course you remember the was it the William Regal, one of his final matches in WWE where they changed his music because he was halfway down the ramp to his "I'm a man's man" original <laughs> theme, right? And he just he was just corpsing on the ramp, right? Right, it's that kind of shit. So I mean, I don't think that that was the case here, mind you, but know that music is not something that is uh, this this sacred holy land that we cannot possibly touch and again i'm not saying that this was the case here but i generally think it was 
time constraints, right? They, you know, they, they were they were up against it. This is live TV, kids. Um, they got you know they got to keep keep things moving. TNT isn't going to give them an extra fifteen minutes just because they want to play a fucking song. They got to get out the door. They got they they are hard on time. Um, and I will say this, you know, as as much of a pro as as Suzuki is. You know, that's something that he really doesn't have to deal with. You know, like you got to get in the ring and get out in X time because we got to go to fucking Charles Barkley. You know, they, they, they don't have, they don't know what the f- <laughs> It's the other way around in Japan at the moment. They, they're tr- trying to finish the match. And the, ref- the referee say, no, get back in there. We need another 12 minutes from you. <laughs> right. Wait, right. we need you to stretch things the fuck out as long as possible. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Take, take three laps around the ring, uh, please, before you get in there. Um, so yeah, I mean it's it's you know it it had to be referees done. pulling guys' shoulders off the mat. No, he kicked out. He kicked out. <laughs> I see space. <laughs> right, right, right. Look, I don't know, but I I don't know. I look again. I'm certainly not in the camp of like I I, I just I don't understand the old draw the line in the sand and this is my promotion and I'm gonna fucking just. I don't know. Look, this is so fun, Dave. I love this. I love all these little sort of wrinkles and unexpected things that pop up from having promotions working together like that. And just some of the the creative memes that people are coming up with, like Andrew T. Rich is one with the Bret Hart. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I'd blow my brains out. That's what you're asking me. (laughs) So I I just what a a great moment that was that came out of um, what. By all accounts, I think it was an accident. Some people think it was intentional, but uh, we all had a good laugh about that. Um, another thing that I thought was interesting, I want to ask you about, is uh, Cactus Max said, please also discuss Ishii, not knowing about any WWE wrestlers besides Nakamura. Also, Nakamura's first time seeing a Royal Rumble. Sorry, maybe he means... Okay, Nakamura's first time seeing a Royal Rumble was when he won the 2018 one. Okay. It'd be good to have insight on how insular slash open the Japanese wrestling scene is. So uh, that didn't surprise me, Ishii not being able to name anyone else, even people that he's wrestled multiple times before, you know, thinking of people like Prince Devitt or I think he's wrestled AJ Styles in tag matches before, no mention of Kushida whatsoever. Ishii's very much a guy who will wrestle a great match and then immediately forget about it afterwards. Yeah, no doubt. I I, 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 no doubt. Um, I mean, I can't speak for Japanese fans per se, but at least the ones that I communicate with and, and, and have any contact with or and I'm talking native Japanese, um, not you know somebody from London that lives there. Not no offense to you, Joe. Yeah. Um, not taking wish shit. <laughs> that wasn't even meant to be. I'm just saying, like they're not born and raised in, in Japan. They're not Japanese. Anywho, um, I mean WWE is on TV there. Like I could watch the Japanese voiceover. WWE feed if I wanted to. I think it's on like their, their sports network J1 or J2 or something like that. Um, like it seems like it has to be played on odd hours because I can watch it. It's usually playing when I'm up like around 2 o'clock in the afternoon or something like that. So it's like they bury it in the middle of the night. But it's on. It's there. Um, they do a tour every year. It's usually around July that they would do like around July 4th our Independence Day, oddly enough, uh, they they do a tour in Japan. 
and it does fairly well. I mean, it's not like they're selling at the fucking domes, but they'll play like. Uh, do they play Budokan? Sumo Hall. Yeah, it? I think so. Yeah, Sumo Hall. I think they did. Yeah, Yogoku. it's not that. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and any tears being shed for the death of NXT Japan? That one. Zero. And and what's funny is is that that their offices, if I'm not mistaken, was right in Shibuya. Um, and I would see it every time I would go. Um, it was sat like right on the corner, and it had like this, you know, the WWE logo in it, and it didn't look like it was a shop or anything. They looked like a, like a, like a, it looked like a real sign, like not like somebody fucking stuck up a, a piece of paper. Um, so I'm, I would, I always assumed I was like, oh, that must be it. Anyway, no, no tears shed there. That's for fucking sure. Um, man, man, remember that. Remember that. That wasn't long ago, Joel, where we were talking about how WWE was just going to suck up the entire indie scene in Japan. And boy, it has times changed. <laughs> look, look at us now. We're not, they're not even, they're not even, that's the least of their concerns. Um, the road not taken, thinking of all the great moments we could have had with uh, Tetsuya and Naito having a, uh, what was it, the North American NXT title run. Sliding doors moment, Damon. Yeah, I'll tell you, the the big feud with with a big cast possibly. <laughs> I don't know. I just made up a name. Could be coming. Yeah, that could be coming. Uh, so yeah, that was good. But yeah, it's a uh, it's a weird time. Weird time. It's a good time too. Though. It's a good time too for pro wrestling. But yeah, that that's WWE. Uh, again, that just it feels like it was a hundred years ago, but. It wasn't. It was just a handful of years ago. We were all talking about how they were going to scoop up all the women's divisions and all the indie promotions. And poof. Not anymore. Press F for respect. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, let's move on to the G1 Climax preview then. Uh, first thing is I was having a chat with some people in the Voices of Wrestling Slack about the schedules. Oh. Schedules. How in years gone by, you could look at the final night right. and you could see exactly what was happening. You know, like the, the 2017 one, you look at it, you say, okay, Naito versus Tanahashi, Kenny Omega versus Okada. That's it. You know, the winner of those going through and no one else really in contention. But the, this year and last year as well, it's harder to decipher, particularly the final night where it looks more sort of a mishmash than having a clear cut. Oh, well, you know, this is definitely the, the top two guys going at it. Um, Chris Samser postulated the idea that they are COVID-proofing these schedules. So mm. trying to so you, you can't do um, the storyline of, you know, for example, let's say Okada losing his first three matches and then winning out because if he or someone catches COVID somewhere down the line, then that fucks everything up. So yeah. that's why everything is kind of looks like the, the big matches are sort of sprinkled randomly across the, the 18 shows rather than build into a, a crescendo for the final night. And and also more, moreover, that on the final night, they're, they're trying to set up scenarios where you have multiple people in a position to, to win the block, to be credible finalists that could draw a decent number, even with the restricted attendances, rather than putting all your eggs in one basket. So, you know, like last year, we had the sort of weird thing where there was Okada versus Osprey and then Taichi versus Ibushi and then Jay White versus Ishii as the main event, which was a bit unusual and broke a lot of booking patterns. So... I think we've got a similar thing this year where they maybe they have their idea of what they want the main event to be um, and which guys win the block. But if 
one or more of those guys gets wiped out because of COVID, they, they've got a backup plan. Which is smart um, because you're right. This is not like working through an injury. If, if, if and oh God, fingers crossed, but if someone does come down with it, um, yeah, we're, we're, and it's a big name. We, I mean, I hate to do this. This is, ugh. but I mean, do we, we know people have had it, right? So can we, well, they can get it again. I don't fucking know with that shit. Yeah. But, uh, did, but, we did have a question. Violet Skipping says, how many G1 matches are we losing to COVID? Uh, that, mm. Not something I want to make predictions about. No, but it's, but, it, but, but at, in the same breath though, it's, it is a concern. It's got to be a concern. So I, I would not be surprised if, if they have a plan A, a plan B, and a, okay, let's fly by the seat of our pants if plan A and plan B are out the fucking window. I mean, that's the, the, the smartest thing they can do. And that plan C would be, okay, somebody that we did not expect is going to win this fucking thing and then – lose the chance the briefcase or or whatever or you know something like that right um so we're a handful of covid cases away from looking at a chase Owens versus yujiro takahashi <laughs> final i mean that's a joke but that's i mean yeah uh, that's that's the challenge of doing this and that's why part of me was like are they sure they really want to do this like again the idea of G1 is we're going from town to town to town to town to town to town. Uh, and again, you know, Tokyo having multiple nights. But the point is, it was, you know, we're, we're bouncing around Japan, as uh, the Voices of Wrestling kids like to say. So the possibility of that is is there. And they would be dumb as fuck to think that it wasn't. So, yeah, I mean, I would... I. I hope that they do have a contingency plan, a plan A, a plan B, and a, okay, fly by the seat of our pants, plan C. Um, because I don't, I don't see how – look, if they haven't learned anything from this running pro wrestling shows in Japan for the past two years, if they haven't learned anything, they have to know that plans will change. And I guarantee you plans will change. I, I think I I I find it I look I'm sure that they have rules and I'm sure that they have guidelines maybe I don't know that they set forth for the guys to keep them as safe as possible but then 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 I think well, you know it is fucking pro wrestling <laughs> I don't think there's an HR department you know <laughs> telling uh telling them what to do after hours so yeah, it's going to be a concern. I think everybody's going to. I think it's 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 going to be in the back of everyone's mind, and it's going to be you know. Sometimes we're going to be holding our breaths to see if we can get through this fucking tournament. All right, well, let's dig into the blocks then and talk about each of the participants. Uh, any matches we're looking forward to? Uh, likelihood of them winning the block or winning the tournament? So, a block. Let's start with Kota Ibushi, who has won the last two tournaments, has been a finalist in the last three tournaments. Um, I think there is a significant chance of him winning his block again. I don't think he's winning the tournament, but if you're looking at the B block and thinking, you know, someone like Okada to win B block, then Okada versus Ibushi is a very safe uh, vanilla pick 
for uh, a G1 Climax final. So I'd say there is a, a decent chance of him winning that block. I'd say, you know, good 40% for Ibushi. Um, big question mark for him, of course, is how he's doing physically. Right. Because obviously he's recovering from his aspirational pneumonia. And you're looking at the, the potential, well, the, the matchups we will get, fingers crossed, against Naito, against Shingo, against Zack, he's got a great chemistry. Ishii, they're always really exciting matches. So the quality is there on paper, but are we going to get the, the same Kota Ibushi that we usually do in the G1 Climax? So your thoughts on Mr. Ibushi? Well, it's a grind. We just said it, right? We just, it is a long-term grind of G1. Um, look, I, he's already... He's already in fucking superhuman physical condition. But this is is a little bit of a different deal. And we're talking about lungs and breathing and breathing capacity. And that can get fucked up, as we all know with this. I'm not really that concerned um, with with him being able to perform. I think he'll be fine. I think he'll, I think he'll be one of the standout stars. We need let's put it this way: we need him to be one of the standout stars, because um, he's going to have to do a, a little bit of heavy lifting here when it comes to this block. Um, he's got some talented people in there, but again, there are nights where we got Yano and we got Tangaloa and we got Yujiro and we got Okan. Again, Okan is a great gimmick. Um. I don't know if it's cut out for a G1. You know what I'm saying? Like, are, uh, how long is is a great Okan gimmick going to go? Again, night five, night six. You, you're still going to be into it, Joe? <laughs> Why are we talking about Okan now? <laughs> I, I'm just I'm going down the list though. Like I'm just oh I'm saying uh, my, just uh, my point is is that we need Kota Ibushi to have some bangers. I mean we got yes, Shingo yeah. well, mm-hmm. and we got we got we got Naito and we got eh, Ishii and we got Zach. But again, half of that roster too, half of that block too. You know, it's a it's a little wishy washy when it comes to okay, what are we going to get match quality wise? And and I'm sorry, I'm watching G1 for match quality. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. So we we want and expect Ibushi to have his working boots on. And again, if he's working shorter matches, I think that would be a smart thing to do. I don't necessarily know if that would be something they follow up with. But uh, if they follow the blueprint of the Tanahashi match at Wrestle Grand Slam, which was, what, 16, 17 minutes? If the matches are around that length, I think that would be perfectly fine. So yeah. um, chances of Ibushi winning the block in the tournament? Well, I mean, usually your champion's not winning it, right? So we'll we'll put a line through Shingo. Um, I mean, looking at the names, he's probably one or one A, right? At this point, if you're looking at favorites for for Block A, um, I would say he's a heavy favorite to win the block. Yeah, I, I'm, let's use that to transition on to talking about Naito. Right. Uh, Crazy Chris says, I know you said that NJPW can heat anyone up, but Naito feels colder than Siberia, almost irrelevant. Can a successful G1 run really heat up Naito for a world title match at Wrestle Kingdom? Yes. So I think so. You know, winning the G1, that's, you know, that, that is the rocket, rocket propelled backpack. I don't know what you're trying to say. <laughs> Jetpack. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but Naito is 
my pick to win the G1 climax. You know, maybe this is just me speaking foolishly as a Naito fan. Um, so I think he is the favourite to win this block. But a lot of that depends on the other block. Because if Okada wins B block, are they really going to do Okada-Naito in a restricted capacity uh, Nippon Budokan? Yes. That's a big question. Mark. I think they could, and they sh- and they should. I don't think, the- again, we just talked about how things could get fucked in a, in a moment's notice. You do the match when you can. I've, and I here's the thing, even pre-COVID, I was under that. You know, I had that same train of thought. You do the match when you do the match. Like, you can't fuck – you don't know what – I know that that there is optimism that, you know, especially when they talk about three nights at the Dome, that, you know, they, they got their eyes on this, this COVID situation, getting a handle on it and having, you know, opening it up a, a bit to fans in the buildings. They've had that same train of thought for fucking, you know, a year and a half. It hasn't happened yet. So do the match. Um I, again I'm looking at I'm looking at the block. Naito's my pick to win the block, to be to to be clear. Um but again, if any and, and again, I don't think I don't think they were wasting anything. It's 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 not like you were sticking it in the middle of a fucking Dominion card. You know, with no no fans, it is G one. Um, yeah, I think Naito. I think Naito, it, when I talked about one and one A, Naito Naito is my one, and Okoto Bushi is my one A. And a lot of really tasty matchups to look forward to for Naito. Uh, you know, him and Ibushi was like dropping each other on their heads. Naito versus Shingo that was a tremendous match in the G one a couple of years ago. Yeah. Naito versus Zach, they always have great chemistry. Ishii. Uh, and of course, I, I forgot to mention we're getting the uh, yeah, Ishii, yes, but the singles match with um, Team uh, No Limit, Naito versus Yujiro. They're finally yeah. in the same block. Yeah. So that is uh, one that I'm low key very interested in because uh, for those who don't know, they were a tag team many, many years ago. So this is their first singles match for a long time, I think. So I'm really looking forward to that one. And of course, uh, Great Okan, Naito against Okan. They have really good chemistry together. Uh, so Naito is opening up his G1 Climax against Zach on September 18th and will be closing it uh, on night 17, October 18th against Great Okan. Mm-hmm. So probably looking at a scenario there where that, that's the rubber match between Naito and Okan. Probably Naito winning, getting that rubber match win and going through to the final. Zach wins this opening match, right? No doubt. Uh, no doubt in my mind. Yes, you're probably right. The only thing that's given me pause is that Dangerous Techers have got a lot of wins over Naito and Sonata in tag matches recently, but mm-hmm. whatever that's worth. You know, I think, yeah, I mean, Zach getting a win over Naito would be a good way to make things spicy right. out of the gate. Right. Okay. All right. Um, all right. So, Abushi, Naito favorites. Uh, who's your dog of the, of the block A? Who's who's your not only point wise, but who's who's got the remote in your hand ready to hit fast forward? <laughs> well, I was going to talk about Shingo actually because uh, he's the champion, and the champion doesn't usually make it through to the final. 
I don't think this is the year they start that. I think Shingo is a guy who's going to be very valuable uh, here in this tournament in having you know, exciting matches. Shingo against Ibushi is going to be great. Shingo Naito. Shingo versus Zack. That one, actually, I think I'm most excited about because uh, I, I haven't seen them wrestle each other before. So that was going to be a really interesting style clash. Uh, Shingo Kenta. against Ishii. That's always fun. Shingo Kenta. Yeah, they met each other in the New Japan Cup. And Shingo against Tangaloa. I think that is also another low-key interesting one. I think um, if anyone is going to really uh, give Tangaloa a chance to shine in this G1 climax, it is, it's, it's going to be his match against Shingo. But Shingo is a guy I could see getting you know, 12, uh, 10, 12 points. He'll be in the mix. Yeah. Uh, final night, he is against... Uh, so hold on a second. He's opening up his G1 against uh, Ishii. So, you know, nice crowd-pleasing, beefy match. And he's closing it against Yujiro. Um, so that ah. one, yeah, that's an eyebrow razor, isn't it? That that yep. one stinks of um, Udro fucking him over. Ha- House of Torture interference yeah. win. It does, doesn't it? Oh, how terrible would that be? Oof. Seriously. It, let's just stop and pause for a second. Fucking Yujiro having a impact <laughs> like that in the G1. I'd like to fucking send you Drew to impact. <laughs> he was there. Um, boy, oh boy. I don't know if that's going to go over well, Joel, with the, uh, I think we might have our, we might, we might have the uh, Togo incident. <laughs> we <laughs> get the memes ready. Uh, ooh, that does not, I mean, again, we're speculating, but ooh, that does not sound sexy at all. Oh, oh, okay. All right, let's <laughs> let's move on. Let's yeah. move on to Zack Saber Junior, who obviously has been heavily involved in the tag division. He's a tag champion, so I think he is involved in that so heavily that I don't think it's likely he's going to be winning the block. I think it would work. Like Zack Saber Junior, to me, is a very credible G one finalist, um, but I'm not sure anyone would buy him actually winning the G one. But he's definitely going to have some great matches. His matches with Yano are usually funny. Um, strangely looking forward, well, strangely looking forward to him wrestling Okan. I think that's going to be a really interesting clash of uh, personalities there in the ring. Zach, probably looking at 10 points. Uh, so he, as I said, he's opening up against Naito, and then his final match is against Tangaloa. And of course, they've wrestled each other before when Dangerous Techers and Gorillas of Destiny were feuding over the tag titles. So, I mean, that suggests he's not going to be a factor going into the final night. Yeah, and looking at these these blocks, it's like, you know, you you fig you you try to map out who's going to be at the top, you know, in, kind of in the mix, and that looks pretty crowded, doesn't it? Abushi, Shingo, Naito, you figure Kenta's in that mix too, right? I mean, is Okan kind of not in that mix at this point? Mm. Zach, so yeah, Zach's going to be in the middle of the pack. He's going to be in there with Ishis. He's going to be in there with Ishii and and yeah, mm, okay, all right, yep. So I yeah, I think you'll see Zach, Great Okan, Kenta, kind of all in that same second tier. Yes, um, Toriano, Elliot says if Yano keeps his throwback look and wrestling style that he just deployed on Chase, are we more excited for his G one, or is the usual Yano nonsense just dressed in a different costume this time? Now uh, there is potential for this given that you have other guys in the block like Zach and 
Yujiro and Great Okan, who don't wrestle that very high-intensity, high-impact style. So perhaps the necessity of, oh, you've got to have Yano as the night off is not as pronounced as it might have been in previous years. So I think there's a, a fairly good chance here that we keep the uh, most violent players iteration of Yano with the blonde hair and blonde eyebrows. And it's that kind of match rather than the, the ha-ha's Yano. Um, I, you know, I don't think he's going to be a factor. Uh, just looking at his uh, matches. So Yano is opening up his tournament against uh, Kenta. Wow. Uh, Terrible match. (laughs) And uh, his final match will be against Tomohiro Ishii. Okay. Former tag tag partners. So, yeah, uh, probably looking at six points, he's going to get a few unexpected wins. It's going to be impossible to predict who he's going to beat. But, yeah, I think we're going to get violent Yano here. I think Yano beats... Give me me the name that you think... The the, the shocker. Because he always has the shocker in the... the, the, in a block. You think he gets a shock win over Coda? Mm, he could do. I mean, it's really, it's a crapshoot. Yeah. You could just throw a dart and whoever it lands on, it's not going to hurt them. I mean, I, I suppose another question to ask about Yano, the fact that he is a KOPW holder, which of these guys could we see as... With uh, a feud, yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, maybe Okan, I could see that happening. Kenta, possibly. Um, yeah, there's there's some potential there. Please not Kenta. <laughs> I mean, I think, I'll, I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe Tangaloa. Make it Tangaloa. Uh, yeah, that's what you're really looking at. You know what, who I really think? Ishii. <laughs> Do you think Ishii knows what KOPW no. is? <laughs> he has no idea. He has no idea. The concept, he has no idea. He, he has no idea. None. Uh, that's what I love about him. Just dumb as a brick. Uh, Let, well, let's talk about Ishii then. So right. he's a guy pro- probably looking at eight points. He's going to have a handful of match of the year candidates in here, probably given the people that he's going to be wrestling against in this block. Uh, he starts against Shingo and finishes against Yano. So yeah, we're just looking at great matches, but unlikely to be in the mix on the final night. Wouldn't it be great though to mix things up to make him in the mix? I mean, I know I'm doing the Shibata wins G1 here, but um, wouldn't that be nice just to have him go on a fucking run? Yeah, it would. And everyone always says that every year, but it's not happening. Nope, (laughs) it's not. It isn't. Uh, I will say this, though. It would not surprise me at all to see Ishii pin Shingo. Uh, yes, of course. So, and that's another thing I, I forgot to mention. Actually, Shingo being champion, we're looking at possibly setting up some filler title defenses between now and Wrestle Kingdom. So, Ishii would be a good one for that. It would not that that opening night would not surprise me to see Ishii pin Shingo just to fucking get everybody's juices flowing. Um, although you are closing a show, I guess theoretically with Ishii on the mic and I know they don't like they say you can't cut a promo blah 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 okay I'll, I think well they, they did that on the block finals last year didn't they yeah Ishii beat Jay White and then he just walked out yeah he didn't have to do <laughs> right a promo. right I don't need a promo I gotta be honest with you I don't, I don't give a shit bro. don't don't care don't give a shit uh yeah I might I that might when I do my pickums I'm sure I'm sure um we'll be really no, sure this year Voices of Wrestling are not doing them this year. What? Uh, I think some other people will be, but um, yeah, I'll have to fish around to see really? if there are any. Yeah. 
They said no. They said no. No pick. No G1 pickums. No New Japan yearbook at the end of the year. Really? They're down in the mud, Damon. They, they, they've, they've, they've turned their back on what has, what has built them. They'll, they'll be back. They'll come crawling back. Ah, was that, a, was that because? <laughs> wait, wait, time out. Was that a time issue? Because all I hear the about e- oh, the e- oh. yes. Um, probably the Pickums as well. Just uh, the interest in New Japan is down. Let's, let's call it what it is. You is know? that what it is? Wow. Yeah, I mean, in terms of their website traffic, the yes. New Japan stuff is getting a, a fraction of the interest that it used to. <sighs> Damn. I just, that, that's, I'm, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed. That doesn't mean I'm going to fucking carry the torch and do it. <laughs> no fucking way. I don't have time for that shit. Um, Ah, that's disappointing. No, I got what about our, what about our spreadsheets? What about my spreadsheet show? <laughs> Talk about this. This is this is this is the Lanza incident. This is the crazy incident. <laughs> I can't believe it. I that's devastating news to me. Actually, it's kind of frees me up a little bit. <laughs> I don't have to worry about. It. It's just that one thing I don't have to worry about. So I'm, I'm, I'm David, you didn't even submit your pick last year. So I don't know I did. Yes, submit. I did last year. It was one year I didn't because I had to go away for a work event and they had their work party that, that the night before they were due. And I really put away some fucking drinks. Uh, and I got up into that bed and I was fucking spinning. And I was like, oh my God, I got to get these fucking picks in. And it just, I just, as with a lot of things in my life, the the, uh, the alcohol took place, took took precedent, and everything else went out the fucking window. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Speaking just, of things, sorry, uh, speak of again. I was going to say, speaking of things going out the fucking window, Yujiro Takahashi again <laughs> in the Grade One climax. Do you have anything more you wanted to say on the Pickums, or should we talk about the Tokyo Pimps? Um. No, I mean, no, it is disappointing, but I can understand it. Look, I ain't doing the work, so who am I to complain? But it is disappointing. It is something that people look forward to every year. And and, uh, let me be be vocal and say I'm disappointed. Disappointed. Okay, so uh, Yudro, Commando Ray says, if you could remove one person from G1 and replace them, who would you remove and why is it Yudro? I mean, in my mind, he is quite clearly the weakest wrestler in in the block of uh, two, two blocks of 20. Uh, he's probably looking at two points. Wouldn't shock me if he loses all his matches. He only got two points last year, managed to beat Jeff Cobb on the final night. But yeah, I think we're looking at a similar thing here. He loses all his matches and he probably pins Shingo on the last night. As we said, uh, one thing to watch out for here would be his interactions with Tangaloa and Kenta, the Bullet Club members, because I think here we might start to see the the fracturing between... We've got Esther Run in here, um, Bullet Club, and House of Torture for anyone who gives a shit about that. Yeah, well, guess what? We got what one, what possibly two or three matches with uh, Bullet Club members, and everybody, everybody, uh, everybody, everybody, saddle up for that. That should be uh, that should be lovely. Oh Christ! Top, yeah, he's two points. Somebody's got to lose. Let's put it that way. Somebody's got to lose. So, yeah, he's, I, I would say at max four. I'll say max four for Yujiro. Kenta, who, yeah, as I just mentioned, is in the Bullet Club. He's a guy that I always sort of tend to overrate in this tournament. And I don't think the company perhaps think of highly as him as I do. You know, I postulated maybe Kenta winning the block, Kenta versus Okada, 
final because I think uh, that was what I predicted the final last year. My logic being that um, we haven't seen Okada wrestle Bullet Club Kenta in a singles match. But again, I, I just don't think the company see him on that level, actually. Question marks over maybe his sort of his health because he, he had COVID recently. So it's been a while since he's wrestled. I think the last match he wrestled was the fucking Rambo yeah. in uh, however long ago that was. So, yeah, he. I'll tell you what, though. Always look forward to Kenta versus Zach. That is always brilliant. So I'm sure that will be fun. And uh, Kenta versus Okan, I'm looking forward to for the promo battles uh, and, and lead up and aftermath of that, if nothing else. But probably looking at eight points, middle of the road here. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think he's... I think he'll be in that mix, you know, with Zach and Ishii and, you know, right below your Abushis, your Shingos and your Naitos. Um, I don't know. And maybe you're right. Maybe I do the same thing too when it comes to Kenta. Like I... I, there's probably more matches that I'm looking forward to than not, like him and Ibushi and him and Shingo. I mean, even to a certain degree, there is some interest in like some of the Bullet Club stuff, some of it. I was going to ask you, what, what side do you think Kenta lands on? Do you think he's Bullet Club or he's House of Torture? Oh, God. <laughs> Sophie's choice. <laughs> <laughs> Um, fucking cares. Uh, I, I'm, I, I'm going to say he's Bullet Club because here's the thing. I don't. Why am I even like? I'm trying to, to like find a fucking angle to talk. I, I, I honestly. Well, okay, I'll, I'll give you this. I think Evil is the quote unquote ace of House of Torture, right? Whereas Bullet Club are a bit thin on the ground for high level singles guys. Who are in in Japan at the moment, and Esther's not a fan of it either. No. So what can I say? Yeah, I, I keep. I don't. I would be thrilled if, if he just left Bullet Club. Period. And I don't know where. I don't know where you go at that point. But I, I just, yeah, House of Tour. Man, I gotta be honest with you. When I hear that, that is an instant fucking turn off to me. Ah, uh, ah, uh, House of Torture. You're telling me House of Torture. Torture fucking watching this shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's talk about another Bullet Club guy, Tangaloa. Rice says Tangaloa's last nine singles matches were spread across six years. How do you think he performs with his next nine matches in the G1 being spread across a month and a half? And that is my question. So, That's yeah, a great Tangaloa question. is a guy. Yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to this, actually. He is a guy who on a normal year would not be getting this opportunity. So he should be sort of champing at the bit to be making the most of this opportunity. We saw... <laughs> she, what's she doing? What's she doing? I don't fucking know. She's she's just come down from swimming. Okay. You know, we're very lucky that the swimming pool in our condos reopened. It's, it's just on the floor above us, actually. So, yeah, you, you saw. So she's just come back from swimming, and I don't. I it's I don't know what Mally's doing with her, putting in her in submission holes or something, <laughs> putting her in the paradise lot. Who knows? <laughs> She's so fucking noisy. She, wants to, she does not shut up. She's, she's, she's very excited. She wants to see her dad. Uh, dad's talking into this microphone again. She don't know what the fuck's going on. And she's like, you know, what, what, oh, let's party. It's like, what, what is it, like 6 o'clock at night there? 7 o'clock? <laughs> yes, quarter to 6. <laughs> what? I was, drink, I was drinking some bubble tea. Uh-huh. And she's spotted the cup full of ice. And she's... Yeah. 
Don't give her the whole cup. I won't. I'm just going to give her a little piece of ice. So she's walking up to me okay. and going, ice, ice, and demanding to eat bits of ice. Ice. So you, ice. you heard that? All right. Uh, yeah, Tangaloa. So I'm looking forward to him. Uh, I'm particularly looking forward to seeing him in matches with Ishii and Shingo, because I think those are two guys with a high pace, high intensity, high impact work rate that I think will be conducive to the kind of matches that I think Tangelo would be good at, even though we haven't seen a great deal of singles matches from him. The, the singles matches we did see, I remember him having a singles match with Yoshi Hashi. I think there was one against Zach. Bit too much of the sort of WWE cutting promos in the middle of the match sort of thing. I hope he doesn't do that, but I think uh, I'm going to be cautiously optimistic that he's not going to be a, a complete waste of space. Uh, I'm going the opposite way, Joel. Uh, I don't... Look, there's nothing that that gives me any glimmer of hope that a Tungaloa singles run, and when I say singles run, you know, seven, eight matches, whatever matches it is, number it is, in in a short amount of time. That is a great point by that listener. Um, yeah, I don't have high expectations going in. Um, and it's not like we're instantly changing our style and here we go, you know, for seven nights. I think I, I I asked you a question. Who's got Who's got the remote in your hand, ready to hit fast forward? I think I think he might be my guy in this block. That is it. That unless I hear otherwise, he might be an instant skip. Oh, okay. I'm surprised about that. Um, well, in terms of points, I, probably four, six, yeah. six points, maybe six points. I think that that would do it. Um, but I'll be interested to see who he does get wins over. Maybe over Zach if you want to keep the, the tag feud thing going. Uh, but let's talk about Great Okan, who's the last uh, entrant in the A block, his first G1 climax. I'm a big fan. I know his, his style is very divisive. So, you know, it's not that high intensity, high work rate style that a lot of casual fans love. But if you buy into the character and enjoy the gimmick, as I do, I think there's a, a lot to, to look forward to in this G1. Um, in terms of points, I don't think he's going to be a factor going into the final night. Uh, what? I don't know, because he's got that match against Naito. Right. So, is he still in the mix at that point? Maybe, maybe not. I would, I'm erring on the side of no. I think he, he would be in the position of potentially playing spoiler and Naito having to overcome him as a spoiler. I think a more interesting direction for him would be seeing how the matches against Zach go, because I would like to see him challenge for those tag titles in the future. Mm. So, my eyeballs are on... Great Ocon versus Zack Sabre Jr. as one to watch in the A block. Okay. Well, let me ask you this. I know you got your hands full with ice and a uh, uh, little one running about. Wh- who does Ocon open up with? Because um, I, to me, he's one of those guys that's going to f- start out hot and obviously fizzle. Like something's going to – like he's not going to start slow in this. Like he's going to – Tangaloa is his first match. Okay. So there you go. Um, then he's got Yano. Okay. And he's got to get. He, he's uh, trying to avenge a loss in the New Japan Cup, and then after that, he's got Yujiro. So yeah, that's maybe he's wins. one of our guys. Yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, to me, that's three wins, and it's and and I feel like he's a guy that you need to do that like out of the gate because right, you know, when he gets to a certain level, I hate to say, it, and I think he'll st- he'll get like an upset win. I think, or, or you know, what might people might consider an upset win to set up maybe a future program but um 
yeah, like he's a guy that 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 I feel like you you start him hot, like you get you give him the the early rub, and then uh, you know the other the, the big boys take over, you know, as we go later on in, into the tournament. So, yep, I think I think easily, I think it's that's easily you could put three wins in there for Great Ocon out of the gate. Right, let's talk about the B block then, and Sonada, who was a finalist last year. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I'm probably going to have a lot less to say about the B block than the A block. I think there is a, a decent chance of Sonada winning this block because the company think a lot higher of him than us casual Western fans do. So I would not be shocked to see Sonada winning the block again if they want to. Cons- Can you? <laughs> no, he's doing a show. <laughs> Uh, you talk about Sonata for a bit, please. Uh, let, me, let me take over for Sonata here. Uh, let, let me give you – I feel like we sat through – last year was our, okay, let's give Sonata his due year, right? And I think we we are past that. And I know that you mentioned that, you know, he is a little bit uh, – a little shinier to, to the promotion than maybe he is to Western fans. Uh, I just don't see it. I just, I, I mean, I think he's in the mix. I do not think he sniffs uh, a win here. I just, I just can't see it. I just think they have better options. Um, not only better options, but options that can take you further in the year. Um, again, it's hard for me to, to, to stomach Sonata getting, getting the B block when you have Okada in here and you have Tanahashi in here. And, Damon, and you have, Damon you, you want me to get your juices flowing with Sonata? Opening yeah. match, Sonata versus Tamatonga. Oh. Closing match, Sonata versus Evil. Oh, Jesus Christ. Whew. I mean, I'm going to ask the same question in B Block. Who's your Who's your remote control fast forward? Uh, that's awful. There's a lot of shit that I, do, do, I have no interest in when it comes to fucking Sonata. Sonata might be a total fucking skip period unless, again, unless I hear this match was was really good. Um, he okay, might. Well, in in this different, I think him against Taichi, against Jeff Cobb, yeah, uh, will be good because those are two guys who are you know hard hitting guys who wrestle a high pace style, and I think pushing Sonata to wrestle a more frenetic style always gets the best out of him. He always has good matches with Tanahashi. His match in the G1 last year with Tanahashi was good. And he does have pretty good chemistry with Okada when it comes to the tournament matches. So there are four matches there that I think have a, a good chance of being actively good for Sonata. But the, the rest of it, it's, you know, Sonata against Goto, Evil, Tamatonga, Chase Owens, like that. It's blech. I'm going to tell you the truth. Aside from Evil, Sonata is like to me the least interesting story going in like i don't get so, less interesting than tamatonga and chase owens yes i will watch chase because here's the thing at least chase owens is, is his first one let's see how he does um tamatonga you're always looking for it uh, you know and and yes it's not like he's delivered tremendously when it comes to tournaments and g1s and stuff like that but yeah chase i'm 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 in on chase just to, like I, I will watch it just about every chase match until until I I am shown otherwise. I know what I'm getting with Sonata. You know what I mean? I know exactly what I'm getting with Sonata. And it's and it's I I'm you're gonna sit 
Joe, you're going to sit there and watch Sonata Hiroki Goto? You're going to sit there and watch Sonata? Double versus- speed. Double speed. <laughs> right. Okay. Right. But, but I mean, that's that's fast forwarding. Uh, I, I just have no interest in him What in, in, in any capacity. Like, none. There, like, I would go so far as to say, and I know that the, what, what value I would be losing and all that, and of course I wouldn't do it. But if somebody said, okay, make a roster cut. We need to cut people from this roster. He would be top of my fucking list. He would be my top three. Uh, Sonata. Yep. Wow. Yep. Absolutely. Just does nothing for me. Um, anywho. Yeah. I'm, uh, I mean, B block is chock full of, again, Sonata evil. You want to sit through fucking Sonata evil? Oof. <laughs> Not wow. especially, but it is on the final night, so that is likely to be significant. Um, yes. I guess we'll come on to that when we talk about evil. Uh, Taichi is a guy who just by virtue of how weak this block is, is looking like one of the top work rate guys. Yes, it really is. In this block, which is saying something considering what people thought about Taichi uh, four or five years ago. But uh, I think there are some matches here which I'm looking forward to. Again, that we I don't think we've seen or at least I have no recollection of, that I think could actually be really compelling. Taichi versus Yoshihashi. Every time they've been in the ring together in these tag matches, it's been really good. Taichi versus um, Evil. I think that's going to be really good. Oh. I just, I like, I, again, I just like the, the, the dynamics of babyface Taichi. Whenever he wrestles against a guy who's a bigger shithead than him, I always find it really compelling. So uh, those my hot takes on two good matches for Taichi. Is he going to be a contender coming into this final night? Probably not. Again, I think he's going to have his hands full with tag stuff. So he opens up against Goto, and he finishes on the final night against Tanahashi. So mm. maybe a good chance there. He's he's playing spoiler to Tanahashi. That's that's the one I had circled that I was looking forward to seeing that match. Um, oh my god! I like um this B block, Joel. <laughs> Is this can I can can we I know I, I I'm constantly pulling us away from your your structure here. But I gotta ask. Is this B block one of the worst in G one? Let me give you one that oh. stuck in my mind as being quite weak. Okay. Uh in twenty eighteen, the A block was Tanahashi. Okada when he was doing his depressed balloon Okada, uh, Jay White when he was doing his cheating in every match, Suzuki, Evil, Yoshihashi, Elgin, Makabe, Hangman Page, and Bad Luck Farley when he was doing the cheating bullshit as well. So that was yeah. a really rough block. Yeah, that's true. This is up there though. This is this is neck and neck. It's, that's yeah. I mean, just on on the surface, cheating. Yeah, cheating Jay White, Farley. Fucking depressed Okada. Yeah, you're right. That's right up there. I guess. I guess. I guess the problem is is that we haven't seen anything from this B block yet. So again, we're just speculating on on history and past performance, and it just does not feel sexy at all. It it, it honestly, this B block. Could be a multi-man tag at Cork. <laughs> if you just drew a line right in the middle, this is, this would be a Cork and fucking multi-man tag match. 
I don't know, man. Yeah. Not feeling it from B block. Uh, Yoshihashi, again, I think someone who's found himself in a position of being one of the guys I'm actually looking forward to yeah. in this block, just by how weak everything else is. He opens up against Evil, and uh, they had a really good match in last year's G1, so uh, I'm optimistic for that one. Uh, people were going to laugh at me for that, but I, I really enjoyed their match last year. He finishes up against Chase Ernst, like, Bleh. I mean, he's not going to be a contender, obviously, Yoshihashi, but... I think his matches with, uh, as I said before, I think Taichi will be a good one. And uh, Jeff Cobb, Yoshihashi versus Jeff Cobb. I think that will be a really interesting match as well. So new and improved Yoshihashi. I think, you know, probably looking at around six points here, if I'm being generous. But probably going to be relied upon to bring a lot of the energy into this block. Yeah. Yeah, he is. And here's the thing, too. I was just looking at this fucking B block. You know how like they love to keep people in certain roles and fill certain needs in a block. And and I say that in the sense of with evil, and we've seen it all year, like evil's going to be the guy who's going to be the you know, cheating bullshit finish guy. Throughout this entire B block, and and with if if again from all the speculation that we've heard, they're going to shove that down our fucking throats, right? Yeah, because they haven't established the evil character well enough at this point. I'm still right. I'm scratching my head. You know, is this guy a tweener? Are we supposed to be rooting for this guy? <laughs> right. <laughs> certainly, certainly, nothing's clear. There's no it's line. Too, in the it's sand. too subtle, Damon. There's right. too much nuance. <laughs> right, but that this is where we're getting that. So not only are we getting not only are we getting a less than desirable B block. And I know that I'm doing no one any favors getting anyone excited for G1, but I, I gotta be honest. We're getting we're getting that on top of it. Like wouldn't I don't like I don't know. I guess they didn't want to spoil A block because there's a lot of potential in A block, but they said they just said, all right, let's just fucking make it happen here. B block is like the shit quarantine zone. <laughs> it really is. I mean, between Sonata boring me to death and Evil's bullshit, yeah, Yoshihashi has to be a guy that that you lean on to for quality. And I know that's a weird me saying it, but you you got to do it. And he's had a good year, but again, he's a guy that people just don't perceive as being a guy. So it's tough. It's tough, but. Yeah, you are leaning on Yoshihashi to make some of this exciting. That's that's a, that's a, that's a scary thought to me. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Well, I'll tell you who's not going to make things exciting, and that's Hiroki Goto, who I, <laughs> I like as a wrestler, but uh, he is a dad. He's a great dad from what I gather and from what I see on social media. But um, I think there's like a sort of trade-off, a, a, a correlation between how good a dad you are and how much you care about your job. So since becoming the dad, I 
don't not that I don't give a shit about my job, but I care a lot less than I used to. Uh, so I think this is this is where Gotto is at the moment. I think he gets more pleasure and enthusiasm out of being a dad than he does being a wrestler. And I still think he's a very good wrestler and capable of having good matches. If I'm looking at this block, I think he will have good matches with Tanahashi because he had a good one last year. And Yoshihashi would be an interesting one, his tag partner. So I think the dynamics could be good there. But um, I'm not expecting him to be, um, you know, dying on his sword every night trying to deliver bangers to everyone. Right. Um, eight points, middle of the road. Yep. 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 If uh- that, if that. I could even see him going six, actually. He starts off against uh, Taichi. And he finishes against Tamatonga. So, yeah. Here's the thing with Goto. You're going to get good matches. You're not going to get exciting matches. You're going to get solid pro wrestling. You're not going to get anything that – you're not going to jump out of your fucking seat. You're going to turn off his match and be like, ah, it was a good match. And that's going to be it. Like You're not going to think about it for the rest of the day. Whereas, you know – Others, you, you're going to be like, whoa, that was a fucking great match. Maybe I want to watch it again. You'll never say, I want to watch that match again. You'll say it's, you know, again, solid pro wrestling. You, but you're never going to get excited over a, a Hiroki Goto match. And that's what we're going to get. You, you, again, Okada, Tanahashi, even Jeff Cobb, I think. Taichi could be good. Um, all could be good. But nothing's going to be at the point where, you know, you're going to be talking about it the next day. It's going to be, yep, we're going to get on this show and we're going to be like, yeah, that that was a good match. Good match. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Yep. Well, uh, someone I am excited about in this block is Jeff Cobb, who just has come on leaps and bounds over the last year or so. And to me, the most exciting person in this block I suspect I'm overrating his chances somewhat because uh, he's got that match on the final night against Okada. And given that he just beat Okada, I think it's likely that match is Okada getting his win back to win the block. But I would like to cling on to the, the faint hope that Jeff Cobb wins that one as well, wins the block and goes on to the final against Naito because I think that would be a really cool match, very exciting and something that Jeff Cobb would deserve. I think he's a, a credible threat to to win a G1 block, but... I'd give him maybe a 30-40% chance of that actually happening. But all the same, looking forward to his matches. He's probably one of the, the strongest people in the block. Um, in terms of particular matches I'm looking forward to, Cobb versus Tanahashi. I think that'll be interesting. Yeah. Um, now, do you I, still... I just think there's a, the, the floor is high for Jeff Cobb. Me too. I don't think we can bad matches from him. Me too. Well, here's my question. Is Jeff Cobb still a guy that you feel needs to have the right opponent? No, I think last year's G1, he showed that he can adapt and have interesting and different matches with different styles. Okay. I still subscribe to the fact that that there are certain wrestlers that like, and everybody has this, but there are certain types of wrestlers that he'll, he'll have a better match with. Um, that being said, I, I still think he's improved again, leaps and bounds to from where he was previously in in that regard with other wrestlers and other styles. Um I mean him him the, the, him against everybody at the top. Uh and even people down the bottom. I mean Jeff Cobb is 
to me, those matches are are the must watch matches of 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 the tournament. Like because I just think there's so many different options and so many different um, interesting little nuggets um, in in the entire block with him. I mean, him against. Truth to be told, him against Evil is probably the yes. one Evil match that I'm kind of like, all right, let, let's let's see how this goes. You know what yeah. I mean? Babyface Jeff Cobb. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the one match. Him and Evil is like the one Evil match that I, I I'm kind of like, okay, I I will definitely watch that. Now, it could be just fuckhousery from bell to bell, or maybe not. Right? Maybe not. No, here's what it is: they're gonna they're gonna dick tease me. The entire match, and then fucking have something to, to 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 pull the rug right from out from under me and be like, "Ah, oh, the fuck." Um, no, uh, Dick Togo can't use the garrot to choke him because he has no neck. There you go. Now we're talking. See, we finally found the counter. But that's the one match. So Jeff Cobb to me is 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 the wild card in all of this, and and he's the spice, um, in all of this. Um, it would be great for him to beat Okada in that match, and and really solidify himself as a star in this promotion. Um, on a big stage, that'd be nice. And I'm and I'm I gotta be honest, I'm kind of fifty fifty on it, on it happening or not. I don't think it's a I don't think it's a slam dunk. Okada makes it. Um. Because again, that final, if 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 you're if you're going that route, if you're going Okada again, let's Naito, is that where we're going? Yeah, I, I think that's a quite a popular choice for the final. Okay. Do you want any one of those two guys taking a pinfall in a final? I, I think Jeff Cobb can take that pinfall. I agree. I think he's he would be a similar position like they did with Zach in the 2018 New Japan Cup. Yeah. Yeah. Get him to the final and then just making it to the final, even though he doesn't win, he's a looks man great. and he's a credible guy. Yep. I think that's exactly the route you go with that. Um again, Jeff, I would I want Jeff to destroy everyone. And if you look at that fucking lineup, he's gotta destroy Tamatanga. He's got to destroy Chase Owens. He's got to destroy Yoshihashi. He's got to get big wins over other major names. Make him make him a star. Put him in the finals. Have him lose, but look strong as fuck. I think that's the way to go. Let's not have Okada lose another match, or you know, or or you know, excuse me, in, in the yeah. Well, I mean, let's not have Okada or Naito. Either one of them in the finals lose. I think it's the way to go. I really do. All right. Well, let's talk about evil. We have to. Uh, he, I think, is uh, someone who has a fairly good shot of winning this block because the fact that he's got this new sort of mini faction, the House of Torture, New Japan does like to establish these new factions as a threat off the bat. And if rumors to be believed, Dick Toga was heavily campaigning for Evil to get the title off of Shingo for a short reign for that very reason. So, yeah, serious danger for me that Evil wins this block. Um, He finishes up against Sanada on the final night, as I mentioned. And 
that was the same at the end of the, their blog last year, if I'm not mistaken, but Sonata won to go through. So maybe the roles reversed here. Maybe Evil wins to win the block and go through to face, I don't know, Naito or whoever. Would it shock me to get Evil versus Naito chapter six or whatever it is? Not really. Uh, so, yeah, I would give Evil maybe a 50% shot of winning this block. Um, am I looking forward to any matches? Yeah, again, the people that I, I mentioned, Taichi and Cobb, just for the, the interesting power dynamics of having... Uh, guys who are typically uh, heels and, and working the, the control periods of matches being working from beneath and Yoshihashi because I thought they had a good match last year but aside from that there's very little to be excited and exactly as you said there's going to be bullshit plenty as they continue to establish this character as if they haven't done it enough already and yeah it's going to be a fast forward for a lot of people yeah it really is me included top of the list again if we find out that the the bullshit is is put on ice and there's less and less of it, uh, there's no indication that's the case, though. If, if anything, the, the temperature is going to be turned up on that kind of stuff. So knowing that going in, I, I, yeah, I mean, I think a, pe- a lot of people are going to be down on that shit. And it's, it's going to – look, you already have – to me, you have a block right now that people are already side eyeing, eyeing, and like, yeah, okay, yeah, we're gonna. This is your B block, and and on top of that, you're gonna dump ten pounds of shit on it. You wonder why? You wonder why we're not doing a G one pull? <laughs> you wonder, you know, you wonder why? Uh, numbers are down. Huh? Okay. I'm just saying, this is not something that people are going to be looking forward to. Um, now, they have an opportunity to change that. They have an opportunity to, because everybody in that fucking B block, Joel, can go. They can they can go. And some of them may not have proven it yet, but I truly believe every one of them can go. But man, you're, you, we're going to see bullshit. And it's, it's if he makes it to the final, Joel. God Almighty, God, God bless this promotion. God, God bless the interest in this promotion, because because I'm telling you flat out, Joel. If Evil makes it to the finals, not wins the cup, if Evil makes it to the finals of the B Block, people are going to be bailing out of this promotion. Like rats from a ship. It's going. Yeah, to- yeah. New Japan would deserve it at that point. I mean, I've defended them for a lot of stuff that I don't think is their fault. But if they decide to have either win the block and go into the final, that's an unforced error, and that would make that would like, that would ruin the final, wouldn't it? Yep, it sure would. I mean, look, uh, interest. If interest is down, and it is, and this is not the way to do it. And I'm t- I'm telling you flat out, there are people that are, that are that are long time New Japan fans that I'm shocked when they said when they tell me, yeah, I haven't really watched in a while. I haven't gone to shows. I haven't, you know, I haven't. And these are, you know, these are fans that have been they've been through thick and thin. This will do. This will do the company absolutely no favors. And I'm and I'm and I'm going to be truthful. I'm worried about that. Like I am I am legitimately. 
worried about the fact that they're going to go and push that gas pedal as hard as they can on this evil thing. And if and if if he walks out of this block, there's I I you're going to lose so many people. You're going to lose so many people because they're just going to be like, what am I watching? This is bullshit. Like this is not what I this is not what I want in my pro wrestling. Uh, I'm just I I am concerned with that. Now I will say this: I don't think it will happen. I, I, you, let me take that back. There will be bullshit and evil matches. Okay, and you can stomach that. That's fine. But if if this goes any further than he, you know, is middle of the road when it comes to points, and and he walks out of here like winning B block or or. You know he's in the finals, and we got to put up with a fucking finals full of shenanigans. <sighs> this fucking promotion is dead. Tamatonga, <laughs> <laughs> uh, not someone I'm particularly excited about in previous G ones. Well, the last time we saw him in G one was 2018, and he was doing the firing squad thing where uh, he was intentionally getting disqualified in a lot of his matches and. Uh, <laughs> injuring Michael Elgin with a chair and attacking fans. Uh, so yeah. I don't think we'll see him doing that this time because I think the House of Torture have the uh, the rights, the dibs on the bullshit. So I think we'll see relatively clean wrestling from him, but I just I don't think he's a very good singles wrestler. Four yeah. points, six points maybe if I'm being generous. I, I cannot tell you there's any match that I'm looking forward to. I remember him having a decent match with Sonata in the G1 a few years ago, but it's a shoulder shrug. Maybe the Chase Owens match might be interesting. Um, just, well, of course, <laughs> what am I saying? Tamatonga <laughs> uh, versus Evil. Now that might be, again, for the same reasons I said Yujiro versus uh, Kenta and Tangaloa would be interesting just to see how this Bullet Club House of Torture thing plays out. So Tamatonga versus Evil, maybe that is sort of a, a starting point to get us on the road to Evil versus Jay White. But in terms of match quality, I don't think there's anything to get excited about there. I, I want to see Tamatanga uh, Okada, and I want to see Tamatanga Tanahashi, and I'll tell you why. You got you got the best. Now you don't have you know the best with with a few eight with a few years on them and and injuries and all that stuff. But you 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 have arguably the two greatest pro wrestlers. Uh, in this company's, you know, big run, recent run. If you can't have a great match with these two, I don't know what the fuck to tell you. You know what I mean? So to me, this is the litmus. This is, you know, this 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 tells me what Tamatanga can do as a singles competitor. Tag, I think it's pretty established. But like, if you can't have a, a, a at least a very good match with both of these guys, then I don't want to see in G1 anymore. That's that's really it. And that's what I'll be watching for. I'll be watching for that sole purpose. Do I give a shit about Tamatanga versus fucking evil? I got to be honest with you. I don't. Do I give a shit about Tamatanga versus fucking Hiroki Goto or Sanada? Holy shit, no. I don't give a single fuck. Okada Tanahashi? Yep. I absolutely do, because again, no, there's no excuses at that point. Like, what's going to be the excuse at that point, Joel, for for Tamatanga and people who think that he should be in G1? And what's what's going to be the excuse? 
And here's the thing: I don't want it to be. I want it to be. I want it to be great. I would do anything. Wouldn't that be? Imagine this. Imagine if those two matches are great, and then we have a legitimate, dare I say, option with Tama Tonga as a singles competitor. That would be fantastic. Are you kidding me? I'm. I'd be all in. To me, I'll go so far as to say not only is this um, interesting in my eyes, I think it's interesting in the company's eyes too. Because again, if 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 we have ourselves to it at minimum very good matches, we have options with Tamatanga. If we don't, we don't have any options. And I would go so far as to say, what are, what are, what are we doing with this guy? And can we wash our hands of it? Right? I think, I, and I think that's fair. It, it's not like he's been in this company for six months. He's been in here for years. He's been you know, groomed in this company, and and uh, you know every every his his career is this company. If he doesn't shine in on this stage against those two guys, then what the fuck are we doing? That I guess really that's what it comes down to. And Chase Owens, a guy I think sort of falls into the same category on a normal year where travel is uh, freer than it is. I don't think is sniffing the G1. So this is very much a we need you plus here's a little reward for uh, being loyal and sticking with us through difficult times. Uh, maybe slightly more upside than Tamatonga in terms of singles work. Could I say that there is, there has been a great Chase Owen singles match in New Japan that gives me reason to be excited? Not really. I mean, there was a, a really good one with Juice Robinson in the New Japan Cup a few years ago, but it's a very, very small sample size. He should be, have his working boots on. He should be, you know, busting his ass to try and... You know, this, this is a lifetime opportunity for him. Right, and very much exactly what you said about Tamatonga. If he cannot deliver here against some of those names you mentioned, then that's it. We're not going to see him in the G1 again. Um, but you know, is there any match here where I'm thinking, yeah, this is a guy I think is really going to gel with him and likely to have a great match? Maybe Jeff Cobb, maybe Taichi. I think that could be an interesting one. And uh, you know, aside from Okada and Tanahashi, but he's a guy I think. Four point six points. You know, he's not going to be a factor at all. Here's here's the Chase thing for me. Like I I believe in my heart that Chase Owens is a real good pro wrestler. I do. Um, but he's not given the opportunity until now to have a great match with top stars, singles matches. You're right. He does have a chance, and I give him a little bit more rope than I do Tamatanga. In the sense that this is really his first opportunity to to shine. Now, here's the problem: you're not going to put Chase Owens in a 30 minute final match of the show spot. Chase Owens, when he wrestles Okada and Tanahashi, at best will be in the middle of a card. So, okay, maybe you're getting 15 minutes. I still think that's ample time to have a really great match, especially again with these two. Now. Is Okada going to be up for? Okay, let me let me pull out all my fucking guns for Chase Owens. Is Tanahashi going to be like that too? Maybe I don't know. But like, if you go down that card, if anybody's going to take a night off, and I put that in air quotes, that's a Chase Owens match, right? 
I think so. So if anybody's mm. going to have a like a you know a little go through the motions kind of match, money money if it's going to be a money clip kind of night, Chase Owens is the guy. So that's the only thing I, I'm concerned with because it takes two to tango, it takes two to dance, and Chase I really truly believe is going to work his fucking balls off to 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 make his matches good. He's got to have a dance partner. And I think he's got a better opportunity with middle-of-the-road guys to make that happen, right? Um, again, I'm not saying people are going to intentionally sandbag Chase Owens, but you get my point. But he, but he's he's an NSA. Tanahashi just fucking potatoing him. I know if we get if we get our first glimpse of T-shirt Tanahashi, we're fucked. <laughs> Chase is fucked. If he doesn't take off a T-shirt in the, in the ring, Chase just fucking just just do a couple arm drags and get the fuck home. Uh, Goes up for the high fly flow and then the ah fuck it, just double axe handle. <laughs> right, 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 exactly. So again, that's that's we have two pros in Okada and Tanahashi. So hopefully that won't happen. But uh, yeah. That's that's my only concern when it comes to Chase and the and the the snowflake output uh, for his matches. All right, Kazuchika Okada, he's looking in tremendous shape. Uh, he's just eaten this loss to Jeff Cobb, which makes me think all signs are pointing towards him getting the win back against Cobb on the final night, and in all likelihood, probably winning the G One Climax. So I think he's a heavy favorite for the tournament. Uh, are we going to get the same Okada we got in last year's G1? I hope the, the work rate is a bit higher than last year because I think last year was a, a bit of a disappointing G1 for him. I think he's got the right opponents here to have good matches with, well, actually, I'll take that. What's Sonata. Uh-huh. He has good good G1 matches with Sonata. Okay. Taichi could be good if he's not doing money clip Okada. Yoshihashi, I mean, they've got history. So that one could be interesting. Goto, no. Cobb, yes, Cobb will be good. Evil, nah. Tamatonga, nah. Chase Owens, no. Mm. Tanahashi, yes. You know, the Tanahashi match is always special. And that will be uh, night two. We're, we're getting that Tanahashi versus Okada. So he's looking in good shape. The signs are encouraging. Heavy favorite for the G1, I would say. Yeah. I mean, a lot of a lot of this was me wanting Jeff Cobb to, to do well and move on and blah, blah, blah. But, uh, I mean, to me, it's a, it's a two-dog race. Between Cobb and Okada, so as you know, as we see it in the in the in the schedule, so yeah, um, you could go either way. So yeah, he'll 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 place very highly. Uh, yeah, and it's just a matter of you know, are you getting money clip Okada on night six, you know, night seven, uh, and then he ramps it up. Who knows? Uh, but it's kind of hard for me personally to discount anything that, that, you know, any opportunity that Okada has, you know, like, like he's, he's not going to be ever on my fast forward watch. You know, he's, uh, uh, I'm looking forward to the Tanahashi match. I'm looking forward to the Cobb match. I'm looking forward to the Tai Chi match. I'm looking forward to the Yoshihashi match. Um, so yeah, there's, there's, there's more there that I'm looking forward to than not. Let's put it that way. And finally, Hiroshi Tanahashi, who is having a really outstanding year, even yeah. by his own standards. Uh, New Japan have been leaning heavily on him. Maybe he wasn't in a lot of the original plans, but he's a guy who they've been able to fall back on to deliver in big main event spots where maybe he wasn't originally. He is holding the IWGP 
US uh, title at the moment, whatever that's worth. I don't know if he'll be going back to the States, but again, he's someone you can never rule out in the G1. Would it stun me if he won the block and faced Naito in the final? Absolutely not. Uh, I would give him a 30% chance of of winning this one. And yeah, I I think, again, given the dearth of talent in this block, I think we're looking at him to have some of the better matches here. Of course, Okada match, they've got a very storied history together. He's always good with Sonata. I think they always have good matches. Um, And Cobb, I'm trying to remember when's the last time we saw Jeff Cobb versus Tanahashi. I think that could be a really interesting one too. Tanahashi's just fucking great. There's nobody on that fucking roster that he can't have a, a good match with. I truly believe that. Um, even the like, like to me, even the the lower tier guys, I'm I'm still interested to see what happens and 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 how they perform with Tanahashi. Like, like to me, there's nothing that's not going to be interesting with Hiroshi Tanahashi in this block. Nothing. Um, and I think he's the glue that keeps everything together in this in this block. He really is. He he really is the glue that keeps everything the fuck together in this block. Um, he'll be high. I don't know if he makes it to the finals or anything like that. Or I mean, it'll be close. You know, it'll it'll come down to last night kind of thing. But um, I think there's different ways we can go with Tanahashi. So, um, but yeah, to me, he's the most ex- to me he's the most exciting guy besides Jeff Cobb in this in this block. Quick question here from Azarario. What two AEW guys would you want to place in each block for the G1? Which two would you take out in their place? Uh, I would take out <laughs> Evil and uh, Yujiro, I think. And two AEW guys I would place them with. I mean, Kenny Omega, yeah. obviously, one of my favorite wrestlers when he was wrestling for New Japan. And, gosh, probably Brian Danielson. Yeah. Yeah. He, I mean, yes, those, those would be my two. Uh, and I would remove evil and, uh, I gotta do, do I got to do, can I reshuffle the blocks? <laughs> yeah, go for okay, it. Okay. Tamatanga and, uh, and evil would be gone. Okay. Another interesting bit of news. We've seen Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay going at it on Twitter, which makes me think they are working and possibly no. building towards a big match. I would venture a guess, you know, we don't have any pastrami here. This is just us guessing and reading the tea leaves, but uh, it would not shock me to see Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay or, you know, Kenny Omega's been going at it with Jay White as well. Maybe Kenny Omega versus Jay White at one of these Wrestle Kingdom shows. So Adam asked, uh, could Omega beat Ospreay for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship, which would then lead to Takagi versus Omega in the champion versus champion match? I don't know. I, I mean, I don't think you're going to blow through a load of money matches in one weekend or whatever day of the week it lands on. But I really think Omega versus Osprey, and again, there's going to be a lot of people who are listening to that potential matchup just on paper and, and vomiting into their mouths. <laughs> this one's not for you. Sit this one out. You know, we, we know the people that don't like Kenny. We know the people that don't like Will Ospreay. But uh, even if you don't like either guy or both of them, whatever, you have to acknowledge that for a, a casual Western fan, you know, the sort of fan that has dropped out of New Japan over the last couple of years. They're back in. That is a big... Big money match. You know, that is a match that could kickstart New Japan. If you get everything back to normal, full crowds, travels allowed, what better way to kick it off than Omega versus Osprey? Yeah. Now, and I will say this, that uh, I I got the same feeling that you got when when the banter began. Um, 
I would not be surprised if that's a a a strong possibility. Let me let me take back strong. I think that's a solid possibility of a main event at Wrestle Kingdom, right? I think it is something that they are building with the idea of we're not going to heat this up too much because we have no idea what the fuck's going to happen come January. So I think they have a bunch of different things that are in the air right now. I don't think they're settled on one idea of what is... If you put a gun to their head, I don't think they know the, the main event right now for any of those nights at Wrestle Kingdom. I think there's a lot of things that need to be settled in a lot of different directions. And they, and just like you said, they purposely have done that. Just so, you know, they don't disappoint, you know, with, with, with restrictions and, and they don't disappoint fans and travel. And I mean, listen, the worst thing that could possibly happen is they book that match and they say, okay, we can let people in. And then something happens and now they can't. That would be just a fucking disaster. So they got to really make sure everything is A-OK before they even, you know, they, 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 they chisel that into concrete. That being said, nothing, nothing wrong with a little Twitter banner to, to, to get people talking, right? <laughs> nothing wrong with a little Twitter banner to get people talking. Speaking of which, here are a list of questions designed specifically to annoy me. Uh, Gui Jager says, why does New Japan like to have so many Japanese guys in their G1? I don't like it. More <laughs> white people, please. Matter of fact, why does New Japan need to be in Japan where the US of A is so much better? It's time they move to America already. Right. Friend of Remo says, should they move the G1 to the USA? Kent Ward said, why wouldn't New Japan send a couple strong guys to G1? Someone like JR Kratos would have been an awesome instead of five of the Bullet Club guys in there. I think this person now has been informed that it's impossible to get visas for people who uh, don't already have them. Uh, and Kieran says, why didn't New Japan have the B block be in the USA? Why aren't there any juniors in the tournament? Please answer. Um, all of those people who I just mentioned, never tweet at me again. Uh, let's talk about New Japan <laughs> they're strong. They're being very sarcastic, right? Please, all right, all right. It's all in good fun. Yes. Um, so we had what I hope will be the final episode of Strong in an Empty Arena. Yeah. This was the LA Dojo Showcase 2. Uh, we had Kevin Knight defeating the DKC in 9 minutes 51 seconds by Boston Crab, which is one of the most painful-looking young lion matches I've ever seen. These guys really battered each other. DKC's got these nasty karate chops. Kevin Knight's bumping like a madman. Violent Skipping said, should crucifix bombs for near falls be part of the young lion matches? I mean, they they were going at it hard. I mean, I, I think they maybe raised a few eyebrows. Like, are they allowed to do this? Is young lions? <laughs> but even so, very exciting match. Two guys. Kevin Knight is just tremendous. So excited by him as a prospect. And then we had Clark Connors defeating Alex Coglin in 10 minutes, 44 seconds with a trophy kill. Um, maybe an insane take for me. I, I think these two guys are better than like a third or maybe even half of the, the current domestic New Japan roster. Wow. Uh, again, once the travel opens up, I think these guys are just, just waltzing in and just tearing it up. And it feels like it's going to be a, a really special generational rivalry for years to come between these two guys because they had the dark match uh, in 2018, I think, at the Water Pyramid Show. That was the first ever Shibata Dojo showcase match. So I think these guys are going to be linked together for a, a long time to come. And then main event, we had Ren to defeating Carl Fredericks in 12 minutes, 38 seconds with a narrator special number four. Um, good match. I mean, the, the result is more noteworthy to me than the actual mechanics of the match because 
Carl Fredericks was the guy. You know, he won that Young Lions Cup however many years ago that was. But now it seems that Narita is the golden boy of this current generation. So, um, and we also got a nice post-match thing with uh, Fred Rosser coming up out and um, doing the big shit-eating grin and applauding him and demanding a handshake and Narita's not having any of it. And Narita said to him, uh, I don't care if you're a former superstar, um, don't underestimate LA Dojo. So they're going to have a match together. It's going to be really good. And, and yeah, they are deliberately giving like feuds to Ren Narita with guys like Fred Rosser where he can work on, you know, cutting promos and getting into the, the character work a bit. So very interesting show. Um, the, the matches are really good, don't get me wrong, but I think it's more interesting as a sort of snapshot of where the LA Dojo is and, and this crop of young lions and ex-young lions at this moment in time. So yeah, Damon, your, your sort of big picture thoughts on this class of guys right now. Yeah, I mean, it feels like they're kind of in this tweener role of they're not quite young lions and they're not quite established big star, you know, not, not even big star, but not even, you know, like a, like a middle ground star. Like I, I feel like we're, we're like, we're, but, but, but we're building toward that and we're right on the cusp of that. So I think it's important to, to have them be in big programs, bigger programs consistently uh, to establish names. And I think to me, like if I look back in time, it does feel like it's a little bit quicker that these guys are, are making that transition happen than say if they, if they were just Japanese based making that transition, um, which I think is a positive and I think it's a negative. Um, and, 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 the, and the negative really isn't that much of a negative. It's, it's more of, okay, it's, it's, it's a, established method of that transition and it just feels like we're, we're 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 going a little bit quick and i understand that the idea of you know we need to make we we need to elevate people quickly because the show is what a year or so old um and we need people to tune in this can't just be a showcase of young lions uh, the young lions have to mean something in the scope of this show uh, the positive is is that we're establishing stars quicker. Um, strong to me is this. It's more f- for for a United States promotion. It's I mean behind the big guns. To me, it's the one of the most interesting and fun promotions. In the United States, in in the world, let's let's go out and say it again. The idea of of young guys not being being promoted and being shown as I hate using strong on on strong shows, but strong, but yet still in that growing phase is so fucking exciting to me. Um, I I just cannot wait until the till the day where travel restrictions are lifted and the idea of, of guys going back and forth and I can't wait I I'm just uh, I'm somewhat amazed at the fact Joel of what they've been able to accomplish with Strong like to me that as much as everybody wants to jump on AEW's bandwagon 
and trust me, they're doing great things. I think one of the great stories coming out of this year has been strong and what they've been able to accomplish. Um, and, and, and the excitement generated around the U S based wrestling promotion. It's, 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 it's weird to say, but it's, it's head and shoulders. It feels like above what, what we're seeing on the, on the, uh, across the ocean. So look, we can only hope and pray that things will open up even more and there'll be more synergy and more, opportunities to to bring guys over to japan and vice versa yeah very much looking forward to uh this saturday's episode which is fighting spirit unleashed in uh long beach california so these are the tapings in front of fans so seeing strong in front of fans is going to be a great moment for me personally who's watched it uh every single week week in week out in the empty arena stuff so we've got ishii versus alex coglin which i think is going to be great very excited about that just a great styles matchup for someone like coglin Second match, we've got Clark Connors, Carl Fredericks, Hiroshi Tanahashi against the Stray Dog Army, Barrett Brown, Mysterioso Bateman. And uh, third match, special tables match, Juice Robinson versus Hikuleo, which is this, this, the sexiest match, but I'm, I'm into it. I think they could do some fun stuff with the table. So uh, again, I think the appeal of this, not just the matches, but having in front of uh, hopefully raucous crowds, tremendously excited by that. And those um, Dallas shows, that the Texas show, and not for nothing, that Philly show, I mean, there's no lineup announced. I mean, there's there's talent announced, but not a lineup. But that Dallas show, that looks fucking good. Like, if you're not, if if you're not, and I'm not sitting here hyping tickets, but if you haven't bought a ticket for that, you're an idiot. You you that's that is a solid fucking pro wrestling show down there. Yeah, I'm just looking at the lineups for that now. Uh, we got Taguchi, the mega coaches against uh, West Coast Wrecking Crew, Royce Isaacs, Jarrell Nelson, Tom Lawler against Renarita, Juice, Leo Rush, Clark Connors, TJP against Ishimori, ELP, Chris Bay, Hikuleo, Carl Fredericks against Will Ospreay, Fred Rosser against Minoru Suzuki. That's a that's a great card. No right. ways about it. In the second day, we got Yuya Oemura against TJP. Robbie Eagles and Chris Dickinson against ELP and Chris Bay. Carl Fredericks and Clark Connors against Will Ospreay and X. Jay White against Daniel Garcia, woof. Uh, Leo Rush against Taiji Ishimori, woof. Tom yeah. Lawler and Royce Isaacs against Minoru Suzuki and Lance Archer. So just Come great on. stuff there. And th- this is interesting. The Fredericks, Connors against Osprey and X match has uh, no time limit yet. It just is blank minutes limit. Mm-hmm. So a uh, bit of speculation over this one. Uh, Will Osprey has been being a bit cheeky, cheeky leaving a few clues on Twitter saying uh, he's got a buddy of his that he's going to bring along talking about Australian monsters. So of course people are speculating that it could be the, the artist formerly known as Buddy Murphy or I thought it was Buddy Landell. I don't <laughs> <laughs> or Buddy Garcia, who was one of the uh, original Shibata Dojo boys. Uh, uh, could be, I mean, speaking of Australian monsters, maybe Jonah Rock could be a name, mm-hmm. but I think the, the smart money is on Matt Silver or the, formerly uh, Buddy Murphy. Well, and I think that'll be a really smart move for him because looking at AEW at the moment, they're so stacked and just huge names who are not able to get on telly at the moment. So it would make sense for a guy like Buddy to look at the lay of the land and think, you know what, I'm going to kick things off in New Japan of USA. So if it does turn out to be him, tremendous. I'd be so excited for that. I think he's a a terrific wrestler, whether he's heavyweight or junior, whatever, it doesn't matter because they're a bit more um, open weight with the, US-based stuff. I don't think they need to draw that line in the sand until travel opens up. But he's a guy, any to, you know, stick him in best of the Super Juniors, he'll be tremendous, even though he is built like a brick shit house. Here's the thing. All you got to do is just meet his payoff number. That's it. 
I mean, you don't have to sign them. There's no contract. There's no fucking, you know what I mean? Like, just set, agree to a price, fly them in. That's it. That would, that, that's, that's, that's the sticking point at this point. So I think there's the, the possibility of, of a, a nice little surprise with that X component. Uh, I would expect then a, a couple of those names being possibility. Sure. Um, that I'm, I'm telling you, if, if the Philly shows are anywhere near that, which again, why not? That's going to be fucking good. That's going to be really fucking good. Uh, yeah, again, look, I know I haven't checked in a while, but if if you're on the fence, if you're in that area, that, that, those those two shows are fucking, they sound really good. I guarantee you'll walk out of there and you'll you will have a good night. That is that that's good shit, as uh, Vinnie Mac would say. That is some good shit. You compare it to like those New Beginning USA cards they put on. You know, two years ago, three years ago, yeah, it's laughable how much better it is now. Like, just what a tremendous job that Rocky and the boys have done in, in assembling this roster. Which is, you know, even in this era of WWE having a, a all this talent and AW hoovering up all the hot new talent, the fact that they've managed to scour the indies and, and bring in these guys to have all these shows that look great on paper, just hats off to them. Um, one bit of unfortunate news is that John Moxley has been pulled from the San Jose show because. AW moved, I think it was full gear to won't clash with UFC and boxing. So as a result, Moxley's out of that. He's been replaced by Will Ospreay. Not exactly a surprise, but a little bit disappointing. Is that raising an eyebrow for you at all for the, this relationship? Nah, I mean, we, we kind of all knew that was in the cards, right? I think we even talked to some people in New Japan about that, like that just that point, um, you know, the moving of the show and all that. Now, I don't think it's... I don't think there's any issue problems. I know people are trying to find them. People are trying to find the issues. Boy, oh boy, it's it's okay. Like, I, I, like there's a big part of me at this point, Joel. I just want Kenny Omega to walk in the fucking front door of New Japan office and just be like, "All right, fuck you all." <laughs> there is a point where I'm just like, "Come on, I just want this to happen, just to happen." Um, yeah. No, I don't think that there's any. I I would say zero point zero zero issue between the companies. Nope. And we got more wrestlers announced for the showdown in Philly. We got Alex Zane, who's coming back into the fold after his uh, very brief stint in NXT. Chris Bay, who's the newest member of the Bullet Club. Jake Atlas and Jonathan Gresham. So yeah. maybe the ROH relationship is uh, on the mend. So four, I, I think, really interesting names for that show. I th- again, I think to me, and I don't have any confirmation, but it, it feels to me like the U.S. based promotion has—I don't want to say a carte blanche to uh, sign whoever they want, but a lot of the shit that you would be like, oh, I don't, I don't think you, they he would, you know, like like those ROH relationships and this relationship and that relationship, I kind of feel like they, they just sign who the fuck they want. And I love it. Uh, that's great. Yeah. Gresham, was, they were, Ring of Honor was in Philly on Sunday night. Um, they did their pay-per-view there from there. Um, I heard uh, some reports. It was not bad. I, I, that was the exact word that were used. It was not bad. 
And last little point here before we get out of here, Daniel Bryan, or sorry, Brian Danielson says he would love, love, love to work in New Japan, but he doesn't think it makes sense for him to quarantine for two weeks to work a couple of shows. Yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll put that one on ice for now. I'm sure we will see Danielson in a New Japan ring sooner or later, but we may have to wait a little bit longer for it. But I'm okay with that. Yeah, I think, again, let's... Truth be told, let's let them establish them and his role in AEW and then we can always bring him in. You know what I mean? Like, like when they announce it, and trust me, we all know they will. When they do, it will be massive. We're not losing any steam. We're not losing any heat. We're not losing any fucking momentum. In no way, shape, or form. Oh, hi, Cheryl. All right. She's going to work. Um you're not gonna you're not losing any steam, any momentum, any whatever. You will be just fine if not if when guys like that are announced for big shows, tournaments, etc. It's going to happen. We all know it's going to happen. Gotta be a little patience. It's not gonna be this year, and it would make no sense for him to do that. I agree. Next year. Ooh, I think I think I think it's a I think it, I think it's looking really good. I, I listen. We got three domes. We got we got to fill right or two domes and a Yokohama two domes arena. arena. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> so it sounds like a hot porn. Um, I, don't be surprised if you see a lot of involvement there. Okay. I know. I know the company has special things planned. What is it? The fiftieth anniversary. Um, they got they got shit planned. You know what I mean. They're, they want to make it right. And again, fans being able to travel and being able to go and all that shit, it's it's iffy right now. Know that two nights at the Dome, Yokohama Arena, Arena they want it to be special. That That is a pastrami sandwich. Well, what better way to finish off the show than with Antonio's question? Yeah. You ready? I'm, I'm ready for Antonio, my man. How's it? How's my question? (laughs) Here we go. My question, which you can see below, is this: Since, according to VOW, about Dick Togo and evil stuff, since their report matches what we discussed on the pod before about DT booking bad stuff and Ghetto good stuff, is this why Dick Togo not been fired yet? Why he was hired to begin with? According to Kieran, he was supposed to help with creative, but what's full story on why he was hired? And why NJPW didn't fire him yet with bad stuff he's doing. And that's my question. And just piggybacking off that, Cola Blue says, have you considered sending Editor Dan over to Japan to deal with Dick Togo the same way he dealt with Michael Craven? And that is my question. Uh, look, we, we can offer zero insight on the Dick Togo thing. We are scratching our heads as well. Uh, he must have photos of um, Tsukubayashi. Yeah. <laughs> Anything I can conclude. Yeah, I mean, again, we don't know... I mean, he was brought in, and there there was a obvious past relationship with him and Ghetto, and um, he's got the ear of, I'm assuming, multiple people, and yeah, that's that's where we are. How that happened? How would the dynamics of that happening? I don't know. Not many people will, except the people that are in that room. But the output that we're seeing 
um, we've had it said by multiple people that you know it's it's a Dick Togo influenced booking decision with the House of Torture, with the increase of of nonsense, this faction, um, and again eventually leading to a Bullet Club split. Um, I I wish I, I wish I had an answer because again as I said before. The more that they do this, and if, and when they do this in a big spot, in big shows, you're turning people off. This is not a heat-getting thing. This is a, ugh, I can't. This is not what I want out of my pro wrestling. Um, and and I, I, th- I think over and above Twitter or anyone being, well, New Japan's always had nonsense. Okay. All right. The numbers show. That's it. The numbers speak for themselves. And the fan interest speak for themselves. Uh, those numbers. And the fact that, again, voices, I, it, it kind of blows me away a little bit. And it is a little bit like, oof, here's where we are. Let's keep in mind, aside from CM Punk beating John Cena, New Japan Pro Wrestling was a backbone and a reason why Joe and Rich decided to start Voices of Wrestling. And a lot of people hopped on board to Voices of Wrestling specifically for the New Japan Pro Wrestling conversation, content, writing, match reviews, etc. Voices of Wrestling are like, eh, we're going to pass this year. On on a thing that, quite honestly, gave them a lot of uh, online press, if that's a word. It's shocking to me that, that that's where we are. Now, is that a direct correlation with Dick Togo and Evil and all that? I seem to think so. So, Antonio, trust me, we have the same questions as you do. Uh, and the only thing I can say is, is that the data speaks for itself. Why he has the influence that he does, we don't know. Uh, we're assuming it might be nude pictures. Who knows? Uh, but something's, something ain't right. That's for darn sure in New Japan Pro Wrestling. But if they have an opportunity to fix... If they have an opportunity to correct courses, if they have an opportunity to, to, you know, get the juices flowing again, this is it. It's G1 season. And for all our bitching and moaning about B block and, and even some gripes about A, there's a lot to sink your teeth into. It's a good time of the year. It's an exciting time of the year. Let's get into it. Let's get fucking get into it. Get into it. Let's go. It's a big time. G1 season. Get excited. Let's go. All right. So on that note, let's uh, get out of here. Redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash J dash cast. If you want to throw some money our way, Discord link is in the show notes. I'm sure there'll be lots of fun watch alongs for the G1 Climax at Cobra Kawaii and ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash super J cast for our great t-shirts. Big thank you to editor Dan. Find him on Twitter at LousyHero219. 
Subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network for other great shows. Give us a five-snake review on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at the SuperJCast. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and goodbye. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.